young age, I began playing competitive sports. They let me play soccer. Back in the day, it was called peewee football. But in the seventh grade, I was introduced to a group of people who lived as though sports was the most important thing in the world. Warren Central Junior High in Vicksburg, Mississippi. Now, if you're not from the South, they, they typically didn't call them middle schools. They called them junior highs. In the seventh grade, I was offered, along with a, a small group of, of other guys, the opportunity to repeat the seventh grade. Now, normally... When you hear opportunity to repeat any grade, it's about grades. And that was not the case. My grades, honestly, were great. This was not about grades. This was about growing. And the opportunity was to take another year that your body would grow a little more, you would get stronger, you would get faster, so that by the time you got to high school, you had a better opportunity to succeed, which meant win. These people were serious. They were all in. A part of PE class in this process was not, I think your normal PE class would we soon found out we ran three miles every day in PE. Now, PE was a longer extended time because that was the priority. And so, yeah, there were times that we learned basketball skills and other stuff. That, but you didn't do anything until after the three miles had been run. It was just a part of the physical development process for this particular school. I still remember the route. I remember how you go out from the school and through a low area and, 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 and up the hill. You run across an embankment of the business that was there behind the school, back down into the tree line. You follow the tree line around, eventually around the baseball field. That I remember the route. Seventh grade was a long time ago. The very next year, God called my dad to a different church in a different place. We moved to Louisiana. But that year of running taught me things that impacted not only what I would do in sports going forward, but also in life. And one of the insights that I learned in that very first year of running was the value of a pace setter. A pace setter. A pace setter is one who takes the lead. And, and when you're, you're running, it's the idea, we learned how to do this together. You, 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 would, you would take the lead, you would set a standard that others could follow. The idea is somebody who sets a pace and then you keep up with them. They set the pace and they're like pulling.
bring you along at a faster rate than you would probably run if you were on your own. They help you run a better race. And I'm here to tell you today that what is true in running is true in life. And today, I want to help you with that. I'm really glad that you're here. And so I want to say welcome. Thanks to everybody who's taken the time to join in with us today. If you're joining us online, I hope that wherever you are, it is cooler than it is here. All right? Because it has just been hot here. So I hope it's a little bit cooler there. And again, we want to welcome those who are gathered in Adrian today, those who are gathered in Harrisonville today. And one more time, man, I want us to put our hands together and I want us to send a shout out to the very first Sunday gathering of Heart of Life Mission Site in East Lynn. Can we do that today? Woo! Thank you for being a part of today. I am convinced that the Apostle Paul was a sports fan. There's just one more thing I love about him. I think he was a sports fan because in multiple places in the letters that he writes to, to multiple churches, we hear the, 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 the imagery of sports show up. And today, we hear some hints of that in Philippians chapter 3. So we're going through the whole book of Philippians this year, but we're breaking it into, into series, into sections. And so today, I want to just start by reading a part of the section that we're about to study. Philippians chapter 3, let's start with verse 12. Paul says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what's behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Can you hear the sports language? All right? I mean, he, he's running. He, we're, we're moving toward a goal. All of us, then, who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that, too, God will make clear to you. I like that. Only let us live up to what we have already attained. And now, verse 17 is where I really want us to hang out today. And then after we hang out in verse 17 today, we're going to go back and look at what's before and what's after. But here's what I want you to see today. Join together, Paul says, in following my example. Brothers and sisters, just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Now, Paul, Paul will do this from time to time in the letters that he writes. And in this particular occasion, he's just talked about, hey, I'm pressing forward. I'm, I'm running, right? I'm, I'm reaching for the goal. And then he goes, I'm your example. Let me translate for this series. I'll be your pace setter. I'm your pace setter. Follow 
world will say. I'll be your example. I'll be your model. You, you imitate me as I follow Jesus. Other places he says that I'm going to show you one where it's just crystal clear. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1. Here's what Paul says. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. I mean, that's clear. And that's what we've seen in the book of Philippians. That's what Paul has given us. He'll say, look, you want to talk humility? Jesus is the picture of humility. And then Paul will say, but I'm following Jesus, and therefore I'm trying to walk this out with humility also. I'll be your example. I'll be your model. I'll be your pace setter. What Paul is doing when he speaks of being the example over and over again throughout these letters, he is modeling God's design for God's family. Here's a truth that I want us to start with today. If you are following Jesus, then someone should be following you. If you're following Jesus, then someone should be following you. And before we're done today, I want you to see this is a constant theme throughout the New Testament. Now, here's where I know we tend to go with this. We read these words from Paul, and this is what we do. Okay, yeah, but that's Paul. And people should be following Paul. Because we're talking Paul, an apostle. We're talking the guy who starts church after church after church. We're talking a guy who's willing to go into territories where nobody's right heard the good news of Jesus. And even when they say they're going to kill him, even when they when they threaten him, he just will not stop. And, and oh yeah, he also wrote half the New Testament. It's Paul. So yeah, we should imitate Paul. Yeah, we should follow his example. But that's for Paul. But I want you to see it's not just a principle for Paul. Let me give you one from Hebrews chapter 13, and there could be a big list today. I'm narrowing it down for you. But Hebrews chapter 13, look at what it says. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Hmm. I'm telling you, this is God's design. That, that people who are following Jesus faithfully have a faith that can be followed. An example that can be set. It can, be, it can be imitated, and the Scripture makes it clear this is beyond just something that Paul does in setting an example. It's beyond something that just the apostles do. Now, maybe you would read this verse, and you're going to continue with the line of thinking, and you say, yeah, but it said leaders, Jeff, and, and I'm no leader, right? It said maybe pe people who are, who are speaking the Word of God, so I'm, I'm not a preacher, so I, I don't think this applies to me. Th these are obviously people with lots of theological training, and these are people who have been following Jesus a long time. That's not me. That's why I'm going to give you one more. And again, I could give you a lot, but I'm going to give you one more. 1 Timothy chapter 4. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are 
What's the word? Go. Not established pastor. Not apostle or church starter. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set a pace. Be a pace setter. Set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Who are we talking about here? Young. I'm telling you this principle, it, it, it is present through, throughout God's word. If you are following Jesus, someone should be following Jesus. From pastors to preteens, we are to be pace setters. You are a part of God's design in helping others run this race. You are a part of God's design in helping others run it better than they would run it on their own. And so he says, look, Take the lead in how you speak. Provide an example in how you live. Be the model for how to love like Jesus loves. Set a pace for real faith, even if you're young. If you look again at verse 17, because I told you that's really where we're just hanging out today, you'll notice that Paul makes it clear he's talking about more than just himself. Join together in following my example. That's Paul, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, that's Paul. Watch this. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Hmm. So in other words, we got Paul who's willing to be a pace setter. And then we've got some those, whoever those are, they are following that example that Paul is setting. But then they are now pace setters because Paul is saying to us, follow them. And so you got this picture. Yes, Jesus is the source and authority of it all. And then you got Paul who's following. And then you got those who are following. And then you got you. He says, follow. generational picture following an example that's set. It's God's design. But I'm going to ask the question, why do we need those others when we got Paul? <laughs> like, why do we need to mess with those others when we got the example that Paul is, come on, we know he's a good example. We know that, that he shines, right, in, in a way that, that, that most was not. Who's going to be a better example than Paul? If we've got Paul in Scripture, why do we need others? And it is the reminder to us. This is not about an authority thing of who's over you. I, I believe this is about inspiration. This is about inspiration. This is about encouragement. 
not only can Paul live this out, but he says there are others who can live it out. And then he's saying to you, you can live it out. Come on, be the pace setter that God has made you to be. And so for those people who from time to time, I tend to, I've run into these people and they're like, look, I don't look to anybody else but Jesus. You ever met that guy? I don't, I don't listen to anybody else but Jesus. I, I don't, I don't. I don't really need anybody else in that way. No, no pastors, no teachers, no, no friends, no whatever it is. I don't need anybody else for Jesus. According to what we just read, that is not biblical. Now, I understand. Don't misunderstand me. Nobody else is Jesus. He is the authority above all authority. But to say that we don't need anybody else in helping us run this race as an example, as a model, as a pace setter, that totally flies in the face of the picture that the New Testament presents for us. Not only is it true that if you're following Jesus, then someone should be following you, but I'm also going to add today, if you're following Jesus, then you should be following others who also follow him. It is biblical. It's biblical. Keep your eyes on those who live as we do. And it is this constant theme throughout the New Testament. Sometimes it's older women who are teaching younger women. Sometimes it's older men who are teaching younger men. Sometimes it's the young who are setting the example for others. It's all throughout. Throughout the New Testament, there is a constant theme that our faith in Jesus, though it is personal, was never meant to be private. Our faith in Jesus, though personal, nobody else can 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 give you that personal relationship with Jesus. No, it, it, it is. It's it's you and, and but that was never meant to be private. If you want to faithfully pursue Jesus, find faithful people to walk, or in this case, run with. With. If you haven't, if you don't remember, that's actually the title of our whole theme this year. Because we believe it's the major title, it's the major theme for the book of Philippians, where Paul over and over again is saying, you need God's family. This is his design. And so, wherever you're at today, whether uh, here at Garden City, one of our mission sites, maybe you're watching from home with your family, I'm reminding you, God's design is that there are people among you who need you to be a pace setter. And there are people among you that you need to be a pace setter. So, why don't we do this better than we do? Right? Well, I think the list could be lengthy. If we took enough time today, you guys could probably help me with a big list of maybe why we don't. Today, I'm just going to address two reasons why I think we tend not to. One of the very basic bottom reasons that sometimes I hear people give is, is Jeff, it's just really hard for me to find that kind of an example. I mean, the Apostle Paul, he, he's an example, but 
There isn't any anyone to follow. Like, I don't see anybody like him. I, I want to start with saying, if you are connecting with Heart of Life, the pace setters are here. They're here. And I don't mean simply the location in which I stand at the moment. I mean in Heart of Life. They are here. And I know they're here because I've found them. They're here. Within the Heart of Life family, there are those who model what it truly looks like to follow Jesus. There are people within this body who have a boldness to reach their community with the good news of Jesus. They are doing it. It's a part of why we're celebrating what's happening at East Lynn today. I'm telling you, there are some pace setters who have such a faith in Jesus and a boldness to reach. They're here. They're here. There are some people within this body who love their spouses like Jesus calls us to love our spouse. They're they're for real. I'm not saying there aren't struggles here. There are. Are are there marriages that struggle? Absolutely. But I'm telling you, there are some pace setters here who believe Jesus on running to the back of the line for their spouse. You can find them here. They're here. There are people who know what it is to, to lead their families and, and all that could be required to, to be given in that, that they lead in, in leading their families. There are people who, who leverage their work for the kingdom of God. I'm telling you, the pace setters, they're here. Well, maybe the response would be, Jeff, I don't know anybody that gets all that right. And here's what I want you to hear. They don't have to get all that right. Whatever they get right, follow that example. Like I know some people, they're like, yeah, that guy, he, he, I know, and he loves his wife like Jesus loved the church, but I, I just wish he was a little stronger in this area. So, you know, he's not a pace setter. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. He's a pace setter in loving his wife, and you don't know his heart may be that he's asking God to grow him in this other area so that he too is looking for pace setters who will help him grow in another region of his life. You don't have to do everything perfectly to be a pace setter. We're going to find that as we go through this study. Find the people who are pace setters in these areas of their life, and I'm telling you, See them as examples and help. let them help you run better than you would run by yourself. I, I, I get it that there might be some occasion somewhere. Um, some of you may be listening from a place where you're not connected to a large group of people and you would say that there isn't anybody. And it's why I would encourage you to connect to a local church. Even until then, I'll describe it this way. This evening, like, whatever, I could do this. Whatever I want to eat this evening, I can eat. You know why? 
want to eat something really specific, I can push that button, and it'll tell me where to find it, if I'm willing to go get it, right? I want you to realize that we live in such a day that, in a sense, the same principle can apply to pace setters in your life. I am not recommending this to be the primary method that you use. With is significant that we, in a local body, in a life team, in, in a, a, a group of people together, there is something that you, you just, right, there's something more there than, than just watching from a distance. But I'm saying worst case scenario, you can push a button and find pace setters for just about every area that we're talking about. So if you don't have pace setters in your life, we live in a day, it's on you. Because you can find it. I would encourage you to not just push the button, but be connected with God's people. Let me give you one more reason, right? Because I think the reason of there's not anybody, that, no, there is. But let me give you a second one. This one I hear sometimes. I don't, I don't look at people at examples like that. I don't, I don't look for people who are models like that because people will fail you. Really? You don't have to tell me that. But you know what I've learned? This is true. But it does not change God's design. doesn't change that. I have known several throughout the years in my life, and when I use several, I mean more than a couple, I mean, in my case, more than a few, several. Several men that I have looked to serve as pace setters. so far away from what he taught us about God's strength and forgiveness and grace. He failed. He did. And that's not, that's not the lack. Right? There have been others throughout the years that I look to, some of them influential pastors who, for me, they, they, were, they were like pace setters, that they they had grown to a place, and they allowed me access to some of that, and, and I, I learned, and, and even their, their influence allowed me to have more influence, and they failed. They failed. And it breaks your heart when that happens. But it doesn't negate this truth. 
in those seasons of my life, they served a part of God's purpose in growing a young man, serving God's purpose and helping me to grow up. They, they, they were faithful in an example. They, they were faithful in what it means to lead. I needed them. And just because they failed later doesn't mean that that negated this truth that exists. And what I have come to realize is that as I have seen sometimes people fall, God has given me more people. But you know what the requirement was? I had to keep trusting God's design of with if at any point I said, enough of this, right? All you do, if you, if you put your trust in people that will fail you, right? If, if, you, put your, if you put any, right, in, in, in a person of making them an example or a model or that they will fail you. If at any point we declare, I'm done. You have removed yourself from the design that God says he puts in place to help you grow. You got to keep risking. You got to keep being willing to roll your heart out. The somewhat of vulnerability that says, I- I'm going to continue to seek and I'm going to continue to trust God's plan because there are more people who are faithful to God. And God says, I will run this race better with them than without them. You got to keep trusting Him in that. So, another question, considering how we're all imperfect, right? You watch any of us long enough, we're going to you know, mess up somewhere. You ever wonder why God designed it this way? Like, why he would let us be examples? Why he would call us to be taste setters? When we already got Jesus who's perfect and never messes this up? And I think a part of it is, I just want to encourage you today, a part of it is, it's kind of like prayer. You realize how much of a, of a blessing, a miracle, how supernatural it is that, that we, get to, we get to pray, we get to talk with God, and listen to Him. But can I let you in on a little secret? God doesn't need that from you or me. Right? He knows what He's doing. This might shock you, but God was not waiting for me to get up this morning to have a conversation with him so that he would know how to proceed throughout the day. No. But is it not true that there are things God does not do because we don't pray? You have not because you ask not. And so there is a part of the design here where God has invited us into incredible purpose of working with him on the mission that he is on with him together as his family. It does not diminish his sovereignty at all. 
when he invites us in and gives us purpose. I'm saying I think the same thing is true about being a pace setter. The, the same thing is true about being an example. Come on, we got Jesus. So if we want to talk humility, he He is the perfect picture. He He lived what this looks like to, to the perfect degree. But when God grants us the value of purpose to also be able to embody, here's what humility looks like. No, we are not God. We're not saying we become, but we are imitating. We are examples. We, he is calling us into incredible purpose. Does that not humble your heart that God would invite you there? So let's live this. Say, come on, let's live this. And when I use the word live, I'm being very intentional because there's just one more thing that I want to show you from verse 17. Philippians chapter 3, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. I find it interesting that Paul's very specific here. He does not say those who believe as we believe. He says those who live as we do. Now, don't twist that and say it doesn't matter what you believe. It does matter what you believe because it's out of belief that living happens. The point is we're not just stopping, though, with what we believe. But belief should lead to living. Well, in this particular case, in this series, what what, what is it that we're supposed to be living? Like, what, what is it of Paul that, that, that we are imitating? Well, Paul has already set us up. We just got it right, a few weeks ago. What did Paul say was most important in his life? What was surpassing value? Knowing Jesus. Knowing Jesus, he, he calls it the surpassing value, the surpassing worth of, of knowing Jesus. This is what matters to him more than anything else. And that he knows that he is with Jesus and that he is going to be with Jesus. And you heard last week, right, that there's going to be a resurrection, right? And we get to be with him forever and ever. And so Paul's expressing this, this passion to attain to the resurrection. What is it that, that Paul is, is modeling? for us. What, what is it that we're supposed to live out? It is to live as though you have a Savior who died for you on the third day arose, has gone to prepare a place for you, given you a mission in that process, and then said, I'll be back. Live like that is true. A passion to live like you actually believe that. And that's why we look at Paul's life and we go, how could he do that? How could he walk into a town and tell them about Jesus and they try to kill him and throw him out of town thinking he's dead and he just gets back up and he walks back in? How could he do that? Because he believes this. And his belief leads to a living, living life. You're waiting for a Savior 
to return. And so you're looking for examples. You're looking for people who model. You're looking for, for people who set the pace. They don't just believe correctly, but the evidence is they walk it out. When you look at their life, it, it looks like they're waiting on a Savior. It's both belief and action. People with this mindset that releases them from living for just earthly things, and it sets their focus on the Savior who's coming back. How do we do that? That's what this series is about. And so next week we're gonna we're gonna dig into a first step in that, and we're gonna take several weeks to walk through it. How do you stay focused in this run? How do you really make sure that you're following right good examples the best that you can? All those questions we're going to dig into. He gives us text before and after the verse that we're looking at today. But today I'm going to drop you off right here because we already got plenty of work to do this week. Maturity is measured by more prayer life. Maturity is measured by more than how many times you read through the Bible. Please don't twist that. When I read scripture and, and I'm praying and taking in God's word, it's a, that's like breathing. Us. That's what it's supposed to be. It's like, how do you, you can't do without that. You, you cannot do without, you cannot survive. I, we talk about a relationship, but if, but if you're not connected to him, if you're not, if you're not in prayer, if you're not communing with him, if you're not hearing his word, it, it, that's like breathing. You can't do without it. But maturity is not just measured by how many hours you can tell me you pray. Maturity is not just measured by how many times you can read through the Bible Maturity is what your life looks like as a result of that. It's what does your budget look like? What does your budget look like? Like, does your budget look like you believe in a risen Savior who has given you a mission that makes eternal difference, and one day he's coming back to get you you're going to be forever in a place, then let's just say the budget is a little higher than any of us. So my question is, does your budget look like you believe that? That's what we're talking about here. That's what, so, so we all need some pace setters to keep us on track with that, right? Because you so easily can get off track. We need some pace setters who, who are doing that in a way that, that looks like they believe what they say, right? What does your schedule look like? Is your schedule this example that you believe in a risen Savior who's coming back? And the mission that He's given you in the meantime, does, is that how you order? Is that how you order your life? Parenting. As a parent, does it look like a Savior? is more important than anything else that this world could give your kids. 
Everything from our weekend routine to a rhythm of work and rest to our social media habits, the question is, does it look like we believe? Is your life as rebellion against the, the hurry and the exhaustion, right, that, that's associated with if I achieve more, then, then I'll have value. If I, if, if I have more celebrity, then I have more value. If I have more material things, then I, then I have more value. Is it a pushback from all that? Or is it just a Christianized version of that? Are you running like a Savior is returning? Someone should be following you, and you should be following someone. To those of you who are young, I want you to believe God's Word. And I want you to ask Him to help you do it Himself. And to even the middle schoolers who hear me today, be a pace setter in the way that you speak and in the way that you walk, in the way that you trust Jesus. Be a, be a pace setter. I, if you are young, I want to encourage you to lean into godly leaders now. They're here. So lean into some people who are probably going to be older than you, but, but they love Jesus and they love you and, and they are doing the best that they can to live out what it, what it means to follow Jesus with all their heart. Lean into them now. Parents, I mean, get your kids to student group. Like, I want to encourage you to make that a priority. Get, get your kids into the, the student group that, it, that, that exists in our life. And, it, and it, it, somewhere, get your kids into a student group. I believe in the one we got. Because I've seen those leaders who are pace setters. So I know there's some pushback. I, I get it. Parents, I are one. There's, there's some pushback. I would encourage you at this point in your life to use the authority that God has given you as a parent and get your kids into student group where they are being immersed in the truth of a Savior who died for them and is returning, giving them a mission, some people around them who will speak into their lives and love them. Do it. And this matters more than anything else. Students, you, you need to... I'm encouraging you to think mission now. Be going on mission now. Look for opportunities to, to, to take mission trips now. I, I, I think next week we're doing a float trip. Isn't that right? I say we because I'll be floating. At least that's my plan. I still float, believe it or not. I would invite you, students, maybe that's a break-in point. Like maybe you've never been a part of student ministry here before or whatever. It'd be a cool place to kind of break in and and start some relationships. I, is this kind of hard? It's kind of hard, but I'm telling you, this is worth the fight. Parents, this is worth the fight. Because there really is a Savior who really is coming back. And it's about a life that's just not about what we believe mentally, but it's just what we live. Another opportunity for everybody is what we'll call coaching around here. We did one round of it this, this uh, year earlier, going to do a fall round of coaching. 
and there is a, uh, a survey that you can take, all right? There, there's a coaching survey. Uh, you can go on the website and find it. You can click any of the QR codes uh, in the locations where you are and in that list that says fall coaching. You can click on that. And here's what this is. It's exactly what I'm describing today where there are some people who are willing to lead in some areas of their life that God has taught them a lot. And they're not claiming to be perfect, but they're saying, I'll be a pace setter if I can help somebody run this race better. Does that make sense? That's what it is. And, and it is areas like this. Listen to this. Financial freedom. I'm sure everybody has that down, Pat, right? Everybody's perfect at that. Financial freedom. Growing in hospitality. Marriage, both premarital and newlyweds. Grief share. Becoming a kingdom man. Recognizing and processing abuse. Christian educators in a public school. I love that. And heart of life statements of faith and theology. I'm saying there's all kinds of examples there of when you take a look at it and you go, hey, here's an area where I really could grow. And if I can hear from somebody else that God has grown and they're willing to, to, to be a pace setter and helping me run, then I'll do it. You go on the survey, you fill it out, you have several choices, right? What's your first, second, third choice? And then you're going to take about two or three weeks to do that. And then those coaches will connect with you. Um, it's not like a ton of time. We're only doing it about three months, and I think some of them are just meeting once or, you know, twice a month. It's not like it's a huge amount of time, but it's God's design. It, it, it's one picture of God's design where God's people help one another run. Why not do it? Like, we can cut the course. And we can even provide the pace setters, but I can't make you run. But I'm begging you. I'm begging you to run. You know, you might criticize my seventh grade Warren Central Junior High coaching staff. And maybe that was an administration thing. I don't, I don't know. I was too young seventh grade. I have no idea where that whole mentality of sports being that level of importance in life. But here's what I come back to. I knew what was important to them. You know how I knew what was important to them? Because they lived it out. don't have to agree with it all. My point is, they were clear. When they said that sports mattered, it mattered. Every time I'm running three miles on the backside of that school, it mattered. A letter saying, hey, would you like to repeat the seventh grade? It mattered. I knew what mattered to them. I'm asking say that Jesus is your surpassing glory. Is it clear to the people? They may not even have to agree with everything you believe right now, but is it clear? Because your life reflects
just in case you fail. You've got to be perfect to walk this out. I'm just telling you, I'm giving you a preview of next week. You better. Sometimes we feel like such hypocrites if we're leading. The goal is not perfection. So I'm asking you to stick with us here because no matter what you've done, no matter what in your life you would say, hey, here's, here's what I've really right, messed up, you can still be an example. You can still be a pace setter. And if your response is, well, come on, Jeff, if, if it doesn't matter what I've ever done and you know the things that I've done, I mean, how can you ever be an example if it doesn't matter what you've done? Oh, there's something that matters. I'm telling you there's something that matters, and it's bigger you and I thank you for your word, but today I'm also just especially grateful for your family. And I'm grateful, God, that we don't do this alone. I'm grateful for the people in Heart of Life who help me. God, people in Heart of Life who are pace setters, they are they, they set examples, they, they live as models. I, I, I am grateful, God, for what that means for me. And God, I'm asking that as a body, we might realize how powerful this is. God, we might realize how intentional you are in this design. God, we we are not called to just come and, and, and consume. God, you give us purpose. You give us purpose. I pray today, God, that you will give us understanding of the truth that we have started to unfold today. I'm asking in this series, God, that you would encourage that, God, where we need correction, give us correction that together we will run. It's coming a day. It's coming a day when you're coming back. The mission to which we have been